I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom To my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three. To my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me. Cause I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. I am really excited with the guest we have today. I met her uh, at a conference that we went to uh, not too long ago, and it was featuring uh, women in business. And um, and it was right here in the local area of uh, Millbrook, Alabama. And so Millbrook, Prattville, that's kind of where we are. But um, welcome, Laura Longmire. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I'm totally thrilled and I I cannot wait to dive in and let you kind of tell the audience who you are and what you do. If somebody asks you personally and professionally, who is Laura? What would your answer be? So first of all, uh, first and foremost, I am a Christian. Um, I hope that that defines who I am in every interaction that I have, both personally and professionally, how I treat people, that kind of thing. Um, I am an Air Force wife. Uh, My husband has been in the Air Force for uh, over 20 years now, and we are coming up on our 20th anniversary this December. And then I'm a mom of three boys. They're 15, 11, and 7. And so um, a lot of my day is spent in car drop-off and pickup lines. (laughs) Um, So uh, I always thought that I would end up being a girl mom, but the Lord knew that I would really, really love being um, a hockey mom and a basketball mom and doing those kinds of things with these very busy, rough and tumble boys of mine. Um, And then on the professional side, I am a personal wardrobe stylist for the everyday woman. So a lot of people hear personal stylist and they imagine red carpets and paparazzi, and that's not at all what I do. I help women Uh, know how to dress their body that they have right now for the life that they have right now and that they, that they want to have going forward. Um, A lot of women seem to be uh, stuck trying to dress bodies that we used to have um, or have a closet that's kind of a museum of a former life that they lived when maybe they're not in the corporate world anymore and they're now a stay-at-home mom or they're no longer a stay-at-home mom and they're going back to work outside of the home and trying to figure out how to dress for this new phase of life or the new body that they have after some transition or something. So um, I working with women in their closets and help them go through their wardrobes and, and figure out what is currently serving them and what is not. And then I also do one-on-one shopping with women and help them um, know what to buy that will serve them well right now. That's incredible. Tell me why that's not a luxury. Just like, you know, it's so funny. Now we've got people, we have people who come help us clean our houses or even, you know, minimalist coaches who come and help us pare down all of the stuff in our house. 
We have people deliver our groceries or even send us boxes of groceries with the meal planned out. Um, And yet figuring out, having somebody help us figure out what to wear seems to be like a bridge too far for a lot of women. And they feel, I think a lot of it is because they feel like they need to focus their time and their energy and their money on the rest of the family. They feel a lot of guilt about um, spending that time or energy or money on themselves. But it's not a luxury because in the first few seconds of meeting somebody, they're already making a judgment about you, whether whether we like that or not, whether we think it's it's a good thing or a bad thing. The fact of the matter is within the first few seconds of meeting somebody, they formed an opinion about you and you do it about them. And what we wear, how we present ourselves tells people something about us. It tells them who we are, um, what we like, um, our values. It tells people a lot of things about us. And sometimes all we have is just a few second or a few minute interaction. And when you go into that job interview, when you are out in the dating world, um, which blessedly has been (laughs) several decades for me now, a little while for me, when, when you are meeting somebody and they're trying to figure out, do I want to hire them? Do I want to ask them out? Do I, you know, want them on my team for this, you know, event or whatever it is, how you present yourself sends them a message before you ever get to open your mouth. How did you get into this? I mean, when I first met you and, and you told me what you did, I of course did a a head to toe and went, well, you fit it. I mean, you, (laughs) you, you dress sharp and, and make a confident statement, but Was there a turning point for you where you went, hey, I know how to do this. I can help others. What drew you into this profession? So I've always loved clothes and style and shopping, to be honest. Um, That was something that my mom and I did um, when I was growing up. That's how she would lure me home to visit from college, would say, (laughs) there's a sale at Dillard's this weekend. If you come home, we can go shopping, Um, which healthy or not, you know, financially. But um, but that was something that that we enjoyed doing together. Um, And so I've always enjoyed love, you know, looking good, picking cute clothes out, that kind of thing. But, um, I actually worked with a personal stylist myself when, um, I, it was about 10 years ago and we lived in Virginia and, um, I met this woman through kind of a series of random events. And I told my husband, Oh, that sounds so fun to work with somebody that sounds, you know, I've always wanted to do something like that. So that was my birthday gift that year. She came and did a closet edit with me. And then we did a one-on-one shopping trip. And then I just kind of followed her on social media and her emails and all that kind of thing throughout the years. And just in the past uh, year, she started something called the everyday style network because Uh, While she's no longer doing personal styling, she has so many women coming to her saying, do you know somebody in Prattville, Alabama or small town Kansas or wherever it is? And she doesn't always know somebody there. There's not always a reputable personal stylist there. So her dream became creating a network of women who could be the hands-on, one-on-one people to help women learn to love how they look, learn how to dress their bodies and that kind of thing. So um, I went through her training program. I got certified earlier this year. Um, and, And so that's kind of been the process for me. And really, I had a lot of people who also follow her say, Hey, are you going to do that stylist thing? I think you should do that. And so, you know, a lot of times we think, I wonder if I could do that. And then we put it aside for whatever reason, um, because maybe we don't have confidence in ourselves or whatever it is. But I, I firmly believe that when several people come to you independently and say, hey, I think this might be a good good thing for you, or I've been thinking about you in these terms, 
then that's kind of confirmation that we need to at least look down that path a little bit more. You just said a word there that um, I think often comes in clothing and style and but you said confidence. Mm -hmm. And so that confidence, um, how do you, did, have you always been a confident person? And then as a mom, how are you instilling that kind of confidence, whether it be through clothing with your, your young men? Um, how does, how does confidence play in, in your day-to-day life and in the working with women? Well, I would say I've definitely had my times of being insecure. I think most people do. Um, Middle school uh, jumps out (laughs) to the forefront of my mind as being not the best years. But um, when I changed schools in eighth grade, I got into this fantastic group of girlfriends that we still keep in touch today. Um, In fact, one of them she and I keep in touch pretty much weekly still. And, um, I think having that group of friends who is there with you through everything, who loves you, no matter what they, you know, they're through those awkward phases with you or whatever, but they're always there to pick you back up or to encourage you or to say those kinds, kind words is so important. And I think that the Lord has always given me really precious friends everywhere we have lived, which is six or seven states now, to help me feel confident about who I am and who I am in him. And so, um, and I will say, honestly, the longer I'm with my husband, the more confident I am. He actually, I I feel like when I'm around him, I definitely feel more confident um, because of how much I know he, how highly he thinks of me and regards me. And, um, I just told him yesterday, I got a little teary and I said, I'm not sad. I know that it sounds silly, but he was just, he was just rubbing my back. It was hurting. And I I said, I'm just really thankful. I feel so overwhelmed having you here because he was deployed last year for the whole year. And, um, it was really, really rough. And I realized, and even a friend commented that you seem lighter and happier and more confident with him home. So, so the blessing of a sweet husband, who's always loving and supporting and, um, and kind is, has been a huge, uh, benefit for me, but honestly, a lot of it too is putting on something that I love and I feel good about um, myself in. And in the morning, if I'm not feeling great, putting on something that makes me feel good can really be a mood changer too. Um, And as far as my kids, learning to let them be them has been very important. My oldest son, um, he likes to look nice. He's, he's puts a lot of thought into what he wears, um, when he goes places and, you know, he, that's always been something that he's maybe, I don't know if it's because he's the first kid and I put more thought into what he was wearing when he was really little because I had the time. Um, but he always has, that's always been, um, something that he's really, been good at and cared about. Um, our other two are a little bit more, um, kind of, you know, throw something on, um, red shirt and red shorts match, right? Okay, sure. Go with it. Um, the third child, I have literally written notes to his teacher for the past couple of years. That's on picture day saying, yes, I know it's picture day, but this is what he wants to wear because parents look at you a little funny or they'll text the teachers will text and say, Hey, did you know it was picture day? I'm like, yes, I know. But he really wanted to wear those socks with his sandals and you know, he's his own person and he feels great in that. So I'm going to let him wear it. And those are the school pictures we actually end up buying because it's so him. It represents. They capture him. That's right. It represents who he is and his little personality. I mean, he probably looks like a little hobo to people not knowing, but you know, 
that's his little personality. He's a little bit of a free spirit. And so um, I, I want him to feel, I don't want him to think that mom was always telling me that who I am or what I like isn't good enough or up to her standards because it's not about my standards. It's about, you know, him feeling good and what he, what he wears and the activities that he participates in and that kind of thing. And, and that's what it is for clients is I'm not trying to turn people into another version of me or in, impart my style into their wardrobe. I'm trying to help them figure out what they like and how to wear that in the way that suits them best. Wow. I really hadn't thought about it in that way, but yeah, I mean, that is, um, sometimes I guess that could be hard, but I know you have like principles and or theories that sure. go into what you're doing, but to actually remove yourself, I bet that takes some work and practice on your part. It does. Um, I mean, I can obviously look at something and go, Ooh, I don't like that, but does it matter? Does she, does she like it? Does it fit her style? Um, something that my mom and I used to do when we were shopping, we would hold something up and say, Ooh, isn't that cute? And we'd say, if we, if we didn't love it, we would say for you or for me, because uh, that, that meant something, you know, mm-hmm. if, if I thought it looked maybe a little bit dowdy or something, and she was trying to get me to wear it, then, you know, I, I would say, mm, I don't love that. But if, it, if she'd say for me, I was like, oh yeah, that's really cute. That I like that for you. So she really helped teach me um, that it doesn't, you know, it's not always, there were some things that we like that we both liked, but not everything was, you know, both of our style or whatever. And I think it's important, something that I help uh, women do is kind of define their style, choose some words, like how would you define your current wardrobe and, and what would your ideal wardrobe be? What would your ideal style be? Taking out words like comfortable because comfortable is not a style. It's a feeling, but that's generally the first word that women go to. I want to be comfortable. Mm -hmm. I'm always comfortable, but I also want to be elevated and refined and polished looking. So those are kind of my, my words. So, um, so my, like my little style guides. So, you know, if you can come up with some style guide words and whenever you shop, whenever you get dressed, do your words, do you, does your look or do those pieces fall into two, at least two of those words, three out of, you know, or if you come up with four words even, but if you can hit some of those little marks, then you're on the right track for representing yourself visually the way you want to be represented. Wow. And so much has changed in the world. So what was acceptable to wear when I was going into an office is not the same style or the choices that others are facing. And when COVID came in, that changed again. Absolutely. And business casual, what is business casual now? So right. that becomes difficult when you're dealing with society and not just the individual as well. It does. And, and everybody learned to really love loungewear. during COVID, uh, myself included. And so you see now a lot of work pants have elastic waistbands in in the stores or a lot of coordinated sets that are, it almost, when you wear it together, it almost looks like, you know, uh, a romper or something, but it's like a loungewear set. Um, And so you are seeing fashion change as a result of our experience a couple of years ago. Um, so it's, it is interesting. People still want that comfort, but they also realize I have to be appropriate to show up in my office. I have to be appropriate to work with a client or whatever it is, or staying in front of a classroom. So helping people find that, that balance of comfort and style, um, can be a challenge, but it's, I like a challenge. Yeah. Well, I was with somebody a couple of weeks ago and they literally said, I don't think these short boots look good on me, but the younger people are wearing them. So I will too. (laughs) And she's not younger. So, and I thought they looked fine on her, but her process of deciding might not be the best um, 
recipe to follow in dressing yourself. Right. Well, so one thing is, you know, if you don't love it, don't wear it. In my opinion, I I think we just because something's super in, if you if you don't love it, don't wear it. Another thing is, um, and a lot of my my style wisdom, if you want to call it that, comes from my mentor Jennifer Mary. Um, if sometimes it takes a while for our eyes to adjust to a new style, and at first everybody hated skinny jeans when they were the new thing. Everyone's like, I'm not wearing skinny jeans. Well, then now you would consider skinny jeans kind of a a classic, like they're never going to really go away completely. Now we're moving back towards wider leg pants and people are like, oh, I can't stand the boot cut. I can't stand the flares or whatever. Well, in a couple of years, you're probably going to adjust to that because that's what you're seeing in the stores and on people's bodies. It just takes a while for us to adjust to things sometimes. The other thing is, if you do like it, wear it. If you love your skinny jeans, even though boot cuts are in right now, wear your skinny jeans. If that's if that's what makes you feel great, then, then wear it. Um, you know, there are all sorts of you could call them rules or guidelines or whatever about fit and, and balance and proportion and that kind of thing, or your best color, or your best neckline or whatever it is. But if you look best in a, a cowl neck, but you really want to wear a V-neck, wear the V-neck. Who can, I mean, you're, you're going to feel and act the most confident in the things that you really love. So, you know, if you, if you care about the guidelines and you want to um, understand those so that you have a jumping off point, I think that's a great thing. And that's something I'm a rules girl. So I like having the rules to follow, but some people say, forget the rules. I don't care about the rules. And that's fine too. It's more about what you like and what you feel good in. And I will say some people, I do this to myself as well. You put something on and you think it looks so cute on other people and I put it on and I don't like it. My recommendation is have somebody take a picture of you in it face on or take a picture in a long mirror and look at that. There's something about the perspective of looking at yourself head on in the mirror versus seeing yourself from somebody else's perspective you might change how you feel about how you look in that. That's a good tip. Um, and you, you've you got to have people you trust that will look at you. I, I know the old classic of women saying, oh, I asked my husband and everything is fine. <laughs> Don't do everything that. Everything looks fine. Yeah. So you have to pick somebody who who will be right. And that's And that's kind of, I'm not somebody's shopping buddy. I mean, I have some friends that I'm kind of their shopping buddy, but I'm, we're very, I'm selective about that because I know they're going to be honest and say, I don't think that's as looks as good on you as the other one does. And I, and I'll do the same with them, but for the most part, people go out shopping and they have somebody tell them that something's really cute. You should get it because it's really cute or, you know, Ooh, isn't that pretty, but they're not, keeping that woman's, you know, style goals or body goals in mind. And um, so having somebody who will be honest, and sometimes that's why you have to call in an expert and say, you know, you call in somebody to an interior designer because they can tell you this really is not the best layout for your living room or whatever it is. I'm kind of the interior designer for your clothes. I can tell you honestly, because I have an objective opinion about it. I I'm, you know, I care about you, but I care about not wasting your money. And I care about helping you reach your goals of expressing yourself through your style. Um, and not just telling you, Oh, that's really cute. I mean, there's a lot of cute things out there, but we don't need to buy all of them. (laughs) So, (laughs) so you hit on something there. I want to talk about, um, saving money. I, Mm. I watched you post something the other day. And I can't remember off the top of my head now, but it was an insane number of outfits based off of one kind of, I guess, backbone Yes, to the wardrobe. So talk to me about saving money and maybe that kind of thought process. Right. So there are all sorts of studies out there that'll tell you about the amount of wasted money in people's closets, the number of items that have people have that they've worn only 
once or twice, if at all. I mean, I bet if most of the listeners right now go to their closet, they would find one or two things in their closet that still have tags on them. Um, If you buy it, even if you really like it, if you don't wear it, it's waste. It's, there's no, you know, it doesn't serve any good purpose. Um, I know what you're talking about is a, a mini capsule wardrobe. So a capsule wardrobe is where everything works together and you can mix and match. Um, I had a client in under two hours, got her 12 pieces. So it was two pants, a jacket, a cardigan, some tops, and a pair of slip-on sneakers. So I keep them on budget, but I, you know, I don't stand there while they check out. It was 12 pieces in put all, when you mix and match everything, she could have 52 different outfits. We stand in our closet. We've all done it. You walk in your closet, you stand there and you look at all of these clothes. And then you say to your husband or your roommate or whoever it is, I have nothing to wear. I think, I think we've all been there or you go on a trip. I have nothing to to pack. Well, absolutely. You have something to wear, but you've kind of forgotten because in fact, I just talked to another stylist friend today. She said, I can't believe I found a cardigan in the back of my closet. I've never worn. She said, we all do it. We all have things that we forget that we have or whatever it is. So when you go out and you shop, we, we tend to do this. I'm guilty of it myself. Sometimes you just, you just wander around, look at the stores. Oh, that's cute. It fits me. I like it. I'll buy it. And then you take it home. You have nothing to wear with it, you have no place to wear it to, and it just kind of stays lonely, orphaned in your closet. And um, that's actually wasted money. Whereas if you will do like one shopping trip, I tell people three hours with me in a store and we can fill all the gaps and holes of your wardrobe. And then you have a cohesive wardrobe that where most of your stuff works together. I can show you what mixes and matches, how to wear things. And then you're good for at least the season, if not half the year or most of the year. Um, And especially living in a place like Alabama, where we don't tend to have very extreme weather from one end to the other. Um, A lot of our things can work for three out of four seasons. Yeah. You can layer a little bit and you've got the next season covered. So that's, that's true. And I just, when you're talking about 52, I mean, realize that that means you could actually walk in your closet and once a week have a new look that comes out of the closet just by that one little shopping trip. That's right. That's pretty awesome. It is. It's, it's kind of crazy. And, and honestly, that was one of those challenges that that I really enjoyed. Um, it was, it's a friend who became a client and she said, I, you know, I just need stuff for this, for this fall and winter. And I don't want to buy a lot and I don't know what I like and I don't know what looks good on me. And so I kind of had free reign and I, you know, she, we got jeans, leggings, shirts, everything mixes and matches. And it it was a really fun challenge for me to find everything that works together. And then to show her, um, oh, I can wear that with that. That's one of the biggest things that people say. I didn't know I could wear that together. So it's fun just kind of opening people's eyes eyes to new options. Yeah. One of the things that you, you said there is that you're a rules girl. Are you a <laughs> rules girl in every aspect of your life? Or do you put rules in place in specific areas? I am mostly a rule follower um, for most things. In fact, my mom always joked that my brother and I were kind of born out of order. He's the older child, but he's the one who kind of would do what he wanted. He was the more difficult toddler. He is a wonderful man, and um, but he was kind of the one that when, when it came to discipline or that kind of thing, he would, you know, she was like, I never knew if it was affecting him because... He wouldn't give me the satisfaction and he would just kind of, he just kind of does what he wants, but he's not a crazy out there person. Um, But I was always the, the type a kind of people pleaser rule follower, you know, teacher's pet kind kind of um, kid growing up. And I guess it works that I married into the military because um, I, you know, that, that works with my, 
personality. So I really do, in fact, like as a mom and those kinds of things, I have to relax and let some things go um, when I really want to be very organized and disciplined about a lot of things. So um, I'm the person that has two months of the family calendar up on the wall at a time because I want to everybody and everybody's color coded. I like everybody to know what their events are and what's going on because I, I, I like to know all the, all the things, all the rules, all the parameters so that I can stay within them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So one of the things that, that strikes me about that is being an entrepreneur, you could drive yourself insane with a calendar, with the rules, with the schedule. So, so talk to me about being an entrepreneur and how that's fit into your life and fit into the lives of your kids and your husband. And, and I know being military, there's two, two sides to that, that pop up in my mind. One is sometimes you do have a lot of alone time when they're deployed, but then that makes you mom and dad Mm -hmm. and everything else in between. So that can even limit your time or it can give you a lot of time to focus on something. So from an entrepreneur standpoint, how do you handle the perfectionism, the planning, the all the traits of of um that you described? How how do you handle that starting your business and going forward? So, um definitely having when I started, there was a, a little checklist and it was very handy for me. Our mentor, the lady who trained me, you know, she had a checklist obviously of things that we had to accomplish in order to get certified. And um, so I, I loved that, that it was kind of a step-by-step process for me. Um, I also, I've, I've had to learn to go with the flow a little bit, obviously. Um, I do reserve one day a week. Typically it's Mondays um, that I don't, I don't see clients on Mondays. I don't um, volunteer for things usually on Mondays, that kind of thing. My husband and I uh, generally reserve Monday for a lunch date. Uh, when he got back from overseas, we knew that we needed to set aside some time together and we couldn't figure out a consistent day of the week in the evenings because we have sports going on and church and that kind of thing. And even the weekends, because we have a child who plays travel hockey, he's, we're gone on the weekends a lot. So um, for practice, because practice is an hour away or even for the games that are as far as Atlanta and Nashville. So um, we decided a, a lunch date, a consistent lunch date would be good. So Mondays are my days where I can, I can count on what I'm, you know, what I want to do. And I can reserve that time for catching up on housework and grocery shopping and that kind of thing. And I have my little like Monday morning, drop off the kids, go by the grocery store, run through the car wash, come home, put away the groceries. I have my little routine, you know, do vacuuming and and bathrooms and that kind of thing. So then the rest of the week is kind of a free for all, um, But I also have the way my business works is that I have a calendar system that, you know, it integrates. So if I, if I volunteer for something, if I have something come up, I put it on my calendar and when they go to book, that's just not an available time for them. So it does, it takes out technology has been very helpful for me that I'm not constantly trying to keep all of that balanced in my mind or on my calendar. Um, So, and with him being gone, I actually, the reason I, I actually started my training for this at the tail end of his deployment so that I could devote a lot of time and training hours and stuff to it while he was gone, knowing that once he was home, I would want to set aside the first several weeks for family time and and reintegration and that kind of thing. So, and there's a bit of a push and pull, but he has been so encouraging and supportive. And um, he actually, I was a guest on another podcast recently and he listened to it and said, wow, you really know what you're talking about. (laughs) So um, he said, you want to style me? And I said, I've been trying for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) you have to have a willing client that's right but he's been so supportive and encouraging and it's really made it you know I just I know that he and our boys are going to be gone on Thursday evenings 
for practice um, in Birmingham. So I know that Thursday evening is the the time that I can work with clients who don't have daytime appointments available and that kind of thing. So just trying to work together to make our schedules work so that the family stays the priority. So it sounds like to me that you have identified space of things that you need help with. And um, are are you good at identifying that or does it have to smack you down a little bit and then, and then you go, Oh, it absolutely has to smack me down. In fact, (laughs) I was not feeling well last week and I was at the base clinic and waiting in line at the pharmacy. And I was not feeling well to the point where I was almost in tears. And I called my husband at work and said, could you either come wait in line for the prescription or go sit in car line and get the boys? You know, I knew he couldn't do both. And that night he said, thank you for asking for help. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that doesn't happen very often. So it was a good reminder to me that I can't do it all. Um, I do need to ask for help and I have people who are willing, but he's, he's so patient. He's not going to step on my toes and push me out of the way. He waits until I ask, um, which maybe, maybe sometimes he needs to just push me, but I really appreciate that he is so, um, just patient. He's the, probably one of the, he and my dad are the two most patient people I know on this earth. So, well. You know, being rich can mean a whole lot of different things. Mm-hmm. What is what does being rich mean to you? I I would say that I I am rich in love. Um, I am surrounded by people who love me, encourage me, support me, lift me up. I think I think if you have people who love you and are in your corner, anything is possible. You know, all of these things around us, a home, a car, the closet full of clothes, all of that stuff. I've had lived in tiny apartments in the military. We've lived in um, bigger houses, but, you know, just depending on where we live and that kind of thing, we've lived in base housing, we lived in off base housing and the bigger houses aren't necessarily the times or the places where our family is happier. Some of my favorite memories are from when we lived in a 500 square foot apartment in Oklahoma, the two of us and our dog. Um, and it was only for four months, but, and we used, um, packing tubs for like in tables and stuff, (laughs) but, but we have really fond memories of, of being there. We didn't have a ton of money. We would go on dates to, um, the dollar store and we'd each get $5 and split up and see who could come out with like the better haul. Um, (laughs) And, and so, so those, those things to me, that's what being rich is about having good relationships and, um, people who care about you and who are there when you call them and, and who lift you up and encourage you when you say, Hey, I'm going to try this new kind of crazy sounding idea. And they're like, you can do this. I'm, I'm here for you. I've got you. That, that is being rich in my opinion. That's awesome. Being military and being in a military area, I see a lot of people come in and out. They're not here very long, a lot of times in the Montgomery area, um, but they walk in and they, bam, they they put a house together. They find friends and it's like, there is just no waste time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I remember back years ago, I had a friend and I mean, she came in and she put the nails on the wall and put the pictures and so... How about from a military wife perspective, what would you tell somebody who's in that position, how they ought to approach life from, from even their wardrobe to their home? Um, That's a, that's a really good question. I definitely, so I had a friend once who said an Air Force spouse, she said, if it doesn't happen in six months, it's not going to happen. She was really talking about putting her house together. But, you know, we only have between here's people live here sometimes only 11 months because they're here for school. And we've we've been in that boat before. And, um, you know, six months 
out of a year or six months out of three years or whatever it is, if you, if you don't dive in and get it figured out pretty quickly, you're just, you're just going to be treading water. And then you're just kind of waiting for the next assignment, waiting for the next move, because you're pretty miserable. I think that's how people are with their wardrobes. I think they keep putting it off. I hear so often, I'm going to call you when I lose weight. I'm going to call you when my kids are in school. I'm going to call you when I'm ready to look for a job, whatever, whatever the situation is, or, or when we move to that new place or, or whatever. The thing is, it's, it's always like a, a someday, you know, I'm going to call you someday. And as um, somebody I respect says, someday doesn't exist on the calendar. If you want to feel good about yourself, if you want to be confident, if you want to take actually less time thinking about what you wear, do it now, pay attention to it now. Just like if you, like, if you sit around in that new house, waiting for things to go up on the wall, it's never going to happen. Um, you first thing I do when I get somewhere kitchen, everybody uses the kitchen, right? So that's always the first room unpacked for us is the kitchen so that at least we can function, at least we can cook, we can stop eating out that kind of thing. So we can operate. I mean, our home revolves around our kitchen. Um, what does your wardrobe revolve around a great pair of pants, some shoes that you love that you can wear all day and some basic tops. If you don't have things that fall into those categories, go get them now. Do it now. If you're not sure how to do it, find somebody to help you do it, whether it's me or another, you know, somebody else, a, a good friend who's going to be honest with you about it. But if if you have a great pair of pants, a great pair of shoes, and a couple couple tops that you can wear mix and match or whatever that you love how you look in them, they work for your lifestyle. You can go pretty much anywhere. You can do any of the things that are on your calendar. But if you wait and you put them off, you will end up missing those life events because you're not, you don't have the clothes to wear to them. I mean, I've, I've been there. I've skipped out on a friend's wedding because I didn't have something that I love to wear to it. And I regret that so much. I think a lot of women, they, they say like, oh, I just didn't go to that that work party with my husband or whatever, who wants to miss out on going to that event with their husband, go find something that you love and put it on and go be with him, you know? And if say you don't get your kitchen put together, you can never have friends over for dinner. You're going to miss out on those events. So it's really important for us to go ahead and invest in ourselves, in our, in our wardrobe so that we can focus on other things. That's one of the biggest things that I I tell people is if you take a little bit of time and money right now and you invest in loving how you look and making sure that it represents who you want to be and who you want to present to other people, then you really don't have to worry about it after that. I mean, yeah, you have to like pick what you're wearing each day, but I don't have a single thing in my closet that I don't love. So I know every day I'm going to love what I wear and I stress less throughout the day. I'm not picking at my clothes. I'm not worrying about, does it look right on me? Is this, you know, does this fit right? Or people think, you know, am I bending over and my, you know, top of my underwear is showing or whatever, because I know that I've got things that fit me well that I, that I love on me. And And it actually frees up mental and physical space for us to focus on our kids, our homes, our jobs, whatever it is. When we focus that time at the beginning, it's just like moving into a new house and you create an organizational system right away. And then you always have a place. You always know where your pots and pans go. You always know where your utensils go. You, you know, you free up that mental space so that the rest of the time you're in that home, you're not going, okay, now where am I going to put this ladle? You know where the ladle goes. You don't have to worry about it. And you free up that mental space. When we have a wardrobe we love, we free up that mental space to focus on getting that new client or, you know, that volunteer thing that we wanted to do in our kid's school or, or, you know, whatever it is that we, that that we're distracted from when we're constantly worried about spending 20 minutes in the morning, staring at our clothes, thinking we have nothing to wear. Well, and at the same time, you're able to allow people to help you because there's a system. 
That's right. Um, maybe not just your wardrobe, but your kitchen, your, you know, nobody can help you put things away um, right. if there's no system. Um, so that that's an interesting time saver mm-hmm. um, for multiple, multiple reasons. Um, what always makes you smile? What, what can you do or think about or be involved with that will always make Laura smile? My family. My, my husband, my kids, um, I, I mean, their name pops up on my phone in a text or a picture comes across my screen or something. And, um, I am, I have far beyond what I ever dreamed I would have, um, in my family. So. Well, talk to me about some advice that you'd give young mom, mid-age mom. And I know that you've probably in the wardrobe world watched a lot of mom-daughter, probably more mom-daughter battles. But um, what's, and I know you're not to the end of raising your kids, but right now you've got a lot of advice that would be helpful for women your age, women younger than you, having kids, being military, running a business having to run the family on your own. Uh, uh, Laura's got some advice. So, so what, what can you uh, kind of share and offer there? Um, first of all, I would just say, enjoy the moments. I know people say that, and I don't mean it in a way of like, when you're standing there in line at the post office and you have to get that thing mailed back so that you get your money back on the return and your kids pitching a bit and you're like, I just want to be anywhere but here. And that lady comes up behind you and says, oh, just enjoy every minute of it. It's gone before you know it. That's not what I'm talking about because (laughs) honestly, that's impossible. I think that's unfair for us to say to, to young moms because sometimes you're just in the thick of it and it stinks and it's hard and we need people not to belittle that. I think um, it does go fast. I am looking at a teenager who we were just talking about this last night. Some of our favorite memories when he was a baby and a toddler, and now he's about to start driving. He's about to have his driver's license. And um, I know that I can't, ha- could not have enjoyed every, every moment, but the ones that were just those silly little him getting stuck in our neighbor's doggy door, <laughs> you know, it's you're at the time you <laughs> want to be one. so annoyed, but honestly, it's funny and it's cute. And thank goodness my friend thought to take a picture. So we have it forever to remember, or, you know, just a little video of, of our, our youngest one. He loved music. He still loves music and just dancing when he was a toddler, just, he would, he would request songs by like humming them and he would get mad until we figured out which song he, he wanted us to play for him. So just trying to enjoy those things and take pictures, take videos. Actually, um, we lost my mom almost two years ago and I wish I had more videos of her. So, um, I'm so thankful. We have tons of videos of our boys that we can look back and, and enjoy and kind of relive those moments. So that's, that's one thing is, is take videos, find, find people, whether you're like a big group of people person, or you just need like that one really good friend that you can always count on, find, find a friend that you can just always call and say, you know, I'm not feeling well. Can you pick my kids up from school or I need somebody to come over and have coffee with me, but don't judge my house and my clothes or whatever it is, but find some friends. And usually it's somebody who's, you know, in the same stage of life as you are so that your kids can, you know, make a mess of the toys together or all be at school and you can enjoy kidless coffees or whatever it is, but find your people. And if you don't have your, you know, if you feel like you've tried and and you can't, reach out to me. Maybe I can help connect you. Maybe I know somebody who lives in your area and can connect you with somebody. Cause like I said, we've lived, we've lived all over. Um, and just trying to go with the flow, even though I'm a rules person, I mean, the military teaches you that 
while they're all about the rules, they're also not all about like preparing you in advance for the fact that you're going to move across the country in a few months or whatever it is. So just learning to be flexible and just be okay with things changing and and knowing that sometimes those changes can be the best you know opportunity for you or your family and the best the best turnout. So um just being willing to take things as they come um they may seem really big at the time and maybe they are a really big deal but but as my mom would always say this too shall pass. It's it's not going to be your your lot in life forever. So yeah. That's good advice and I'm sure that you could go down and give an example and a story of each piece because it it comes through living and mm-hmm. and you've definitely had some experiences. Um there's a lot of differences and we hear people talk about the difference between wants and needs. And I know that um in dealing with kids you you often have that discussion. Um but in dealing with a wardrobe or dealing with somebody who's um, trying to figure out how to move forward are wants and needs something you try to address? Absolutely. So, you know, I always, one thing, if I'm shopping with somebody, um, discuss their budget first, that's the first conversation we have before we walk into a store. And, um, when I'm in somebody's closet, we talk about their lifestyle, you know, how old are your kids? Do you, you know, if you have any, and what are your activities? Do you work inside the home, outside the home? you know, those kinds of things. What is your lifestyle? What, what do you, what do you need? Do you need to be on the floor with your kids? So you need things that are comfortable and easy to care for, or are you meeting corporate, you know, business people and you need to have suits or that kind of thing? Um, Needs vary based on, based on your lifestyle, um, and your body. Some people have trouble feet. And so they know they need to be willing to spend $150 on a pair of shoes. Some people can slip on, you know, cheap target slip on shoes and be good to go for, for the rest of the day. And so you knowing where, where your priorities are, where your body needs are, some people are a harder to fit, um, for a pant or something. And so they need to be willing to spend a little bit more to find great pants. But all you need is one or two pairs of great pants that go with everything in your closet and you're good to go. So, you know, ful- finding out what those needs are and fulfilling those first, and then bringing in some of those fun wants, you know, like a and bag that you know, is a really fun color or something like that, um, or those accessories or whatever, but knowing your style goals, knowing your body requirements and knowing your lifestyle demands all work together to kind of define your wardrobe needs. Is there a season you like better than another as far as dressing? fall. Um, in fact, I've asked this question on Instagram and that tends to be everybody's favorite. In fact, fall tends to be the, the style new year. Um, and so that's when the, they kind of set the tone for the coming year. Um, it's kind of like the end of the fiscal year is like the end of the fashion year or whatever. Um, but yeah, fall, it's fun because you get to layer summer's actually the hardest season to dress well because you're wearing less clothes. And so right. every piece that you wear matters. Um, if you want to look elevated or polished or anything like that. So if you're going to wear a tank top, it's got to be a well-made tank top and you know, that kind of thing. Or if you're going to wear sandals, they need to be elevated sandals or whatever. And I'm just going to put this out there. Women of a certain age. I'm 42, so I would say my age and up, it's not as fashionable or cute for us to be walking around with that flip-flop noise anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that distracts from the rest of your look, Um, the sound and and the effect of the flip-flops. I'll probably, I might not get some love for that, but I'm just going to put, I know women love their flip-flops, but, you know, there are a lot of great, great sandal options that don't, you know... (laughs) Don't suck to your feet as you walk. That's hilarious. 
Okay, you said something I want to I want to go over them again, or if you can give me you know, four or five of them. You said elevated, polished. You talked about words earlier. What are what are some of the words that um, that I might start playing through in my head of um, of what I want, and they're not feelings, they're descriptions. So elevated and polished were there. So what are elevated, some elevated, polished, refined? Feminine, um, detailed, glam, gothic, um, glitzy. Um, now, see, I've got this whole list of like a hundred words, and now I can't think of any of them. Um, current, trendy, classic. Um, all of these are words that that you can use as as kind of little style buoys, um, to help keep you on track. Um, when, when, when figuring out who, who you are and how you want to express yourself. How would you tell somebody to, um, figure out what their words are? So a lot of times when people aren't sure, we'll talk about, you know, we'll just all say like, show me a Pinterest board of things that you, things that you like, or what stores do you like to shop at? If you are a Banana Republic, J. Crew kind of girl, then you're kind of the, the classic, um, you know, look, if you are um, maybe an H&M, then you're a trendy person. Um, so a lot of it has to do with stores, which stores you like to shop in or which types of, you know, it's the type of look that you like. That is really interesting. What's the scariest thing you've ever done? What's the scariest, um, job you've walked into or just scariest thing in, in life that you've, that you've kind of had to deal with? By choice, I would say the scariest thing I've dealt with is marrying somebody in the Air Force, knowing that it would take me away from my family. Um, he was totally worth it. Um, and I've told people over and over again, if if I didn't, because they say, you know, oh, I don't know how you do it. Well, if I didn't think he was worth it, I wouldn't have married him in the first place. I knew that he was, you know, gonna, his job was going to require us to move, obviously, um, but I grew up assuming that I would live in San Antonio, um, where my family is, and be close to them my whole life. And that was not the case at all. We have not, um, besides the first six months or so of our marriage, when he had pilot training in South Texas, I have not uh, been back to live. So, um, but I, I wouldn't trade it either. So. That can be very scary, but you seem to have um, plugged other people in along the way. You've had some pseudo um, parents, I'm sure, in the communities that you've gone into and grandparents and that. Yes, we have. We've had and my parents have always been fantastic about making sure they could come to us or we could come to them at the holidays and throughout the year and that kind of thing. And my brother and his family, too. we have a, a grandma Jen in California, as our boys call her, and she, you know, calls and checks on us and and still loves on us from afar. Um, yeah. So we've had in different mentors, um, commanders' wives, my husband's commanders' wives along the way that have that have been mentors to me and that kind of thing. So we've been very very fortunate. And then actually, one of my best friends here, her mother in law, um, kind of stepped in her, my, my friend and her family moved to Germany. Um, and then my mom passed away and then my husband deployed and she kind of stepped in for us as a, as a, a a mom role and a a grandmother role, um, during all of that. So we've been very thankful for Tracy in that. Well, that's good. And it, it takes the give and take. I mean, it seems like you're, you're a giver at the same time. So that, um, you have to meet people at some point to where you can have that kind of exchange. Um, We have talked about a lot of things, Laura. Is there anything that we haven't gone over that you would like to make sure that you do talk about? I would just tell women, especially that it's, 
it's never too late to, to love who you are and how you look and the right time to do it is now. Um, the time to boost your confidence is now, uh, the time to go get that job, that promotion, that man, (laughs) whatever it is, um, uh, wear the thing you love, find what you love and wear it with confidence and, and see what changes in your life. And the thing I will say to moms, you talked about moms and daughters earlier. Um, and I, I posted about this on Instagram the other day as well, moms, what you say to and around your daughters matters. Women's issues about their body come almost exclusively from their moms. Obviously there is some culture that plays a role into in, in it, but I actually had a client not too long ago that refuses to wear denim. And I, I said, okay, what's, what's the thing with denim? You said on your, your travel style survey you that you don't wear denim. And she said, well, I just look weird in it. And I said, okay, what do you mean by that? And she said, well, my, I mean, my mom told me I do. And that broke my heart. And I wanted to tell her, go get some jeans, go wear some (laughs) jeans and, and love yourself in them. Don't, don't kill your daughter's body image by saying those negative things, because that one little comment that you may not have even thought about ever again, it's going to stay with her the rest of her life. And even moms of, of sons, something that I realized when I would, you know, I thought, well, okay, well, I'm don't have any daughters, but what I say about my body and about other women's bodies matters because it affects how they're going to view women and how they look. And so that's something that, that I try to be very careful about that. I don't ever comment on, you know, women's weight or that kind of thing, because that's, that's not what's important about, about us. Um, our, the way we look is important to an extent, but it's not who we are. And I don't want my, my sons to think that that is where we find value in people. And then my message to men is say the nice things to the women in your life. I have always had a dad and a husband who have said very kind things to me. My husband, after 20 years, he still flirts with me and he still tells me he loves my body and those kinds of things. And it's so important that it would be very easy for me to be down on myself after three kids and, and two you know, abdominal surgeries and one year and that kind of thing to have all sorts of negative things to say and think about my body, but he doesn't let me. So men, if in case nobody else in your, your woman's life, your daughter's life, your wife's life, whatever it is, your girlfriend's life, if nobody else is saying those things, you need to be saying them. Well, you need to say them regardless, but make sure that you're saying them because they may not have anybody, any other voices saying those positive things to them. And it really, really matters. That's tremendous. And I appreciate you going down those paths um, because I think that a lot of times we shrug it off. Don't think of the seriousness of, of our words. Mm. Um, so that's, that's really, really good. Thank you. Uh, if you had one superpower, you were able to use it personally, professionally, what would you choose? Why would you choose it? And really, how would you use it? Oh, my goodness. Okay. With three boys and uh, well, four boys, including my husband in the house, this is a conversation <laughs> that has had a lot. And, <laughs> and so, you know, of course, my sons are always saying flying, of course, because my husband's a pilot and everybody would would want to fly. Um, but professionally, I've never really thought of it in those terms. Um, I think it would be for people, women especially, to be able to see themselves the way others see them. We spend so much time as women thinking we know how other people view us, but it's really how we view ourselves. We're really, we're really using that, the, 
the self-talk, the negative self-talk and stuff and, and thinking, oh, they probably think I look stupid in these boots, or they probably think that my hair is, you know, whatever. And other people are not thinking those things. They're generally thinking like, oh, she looks really cute or, oh, that was really sweet of her or whatever it is. And, and I tell my boys this, and it's a hard lesson to learn is that other people don't really think about us as much as we think they do. Um, and so <laughs> understanding that if I could impart that knowledge, like those thoughts to other people to say, you know, to like reverse those negative thoughts, that, that would be my superpower. That's awesome. Laura, this has been fantastic. Um, how do people get in touch with you? So they can find me. I've got a website. It's www.wherelifemeetsstyle.co. That's C-O. They can email me at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at wherelifemeetsstyle.co. Or they can find me on Instagram. It's a little bit challenging. Um, it's where life meets style, but there's an underscore in between each word. Um, but if you go to my website, you can find my Instagram from there. And you put lots of tidbits in your Instagram and in your stories um, to where it it can really, it's a catalyst to think for sure. Good. So. I, that's that's my goal. So I, I hope it I hope it translates. Yeah, it does. Thank you, Laura. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast, listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.